Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. I mean, and them these, how can they be humanitarians? By the fact that they're millionaires and there's so many poor people shows how unhumane they are. session talking about the COVID-19. Today we're going to be getting into what we refer to as God Conspiracy. God Conspiracy. Black Panther's perspective on the plague of the day. This is the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. Our national chairman is Yang Nkrumah, national director of operations, Sister Seven Khadija. I'm Brother War. We got the Panther 48 panel, Brother E and Brother Syke. And we're hoping to get a uh, special guest tune in today, Brother Dark. Let me see if he's here. 3204, that's you, Brother Dark? No, sir, it's not. All right, I'll mute that one. All right, so let's go ahead and get into what we got going on. And, and I, I guess call in and I, I, I'll punch him in here. One thing I wanted to do is give recognition today to April Fools. So we're going to be talking about conspiracies today, and I just thought it was nice to jump into conspiracies on the day of April Fools. Reason being, and the classic uh, 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 thing to me about this being ironic is the fact that this is the day that people celebrate playing tricks on one another. So from an international perspective to the national perspective to local down to whatever, you know, 
what I what I heard homeboy say around the corner, go on and uh, on and so forth. We're basically going to talk about the conspiracies on April Fools, because at this point, a lot of jokes have been played on our people, and we're we soaking it up every day, more and more every day as we go into these areas of being quarantined and having to face four corner four cornered rooms, walls, and staring at ourselves for day in and day out. It's driving a lot of people insane. It's driving a lot of people to come up with crazy thoughts, crazy ideas, folks running out of their weed, folks trying new drugs. It's all kinds of stuff going on. And uh, so April Fool's is a good day to get into some of that. One of the first things I always like to do is start in the fashion of dealing with things in terms of the Panther 3Ds. So the Panther 3Ds is define, develop, and then defend what is in the best interest of black people. As we go into that, it's always prevalent that we're able to address one another with a few core definitions to make sure we're all on the same page. So in doing so, one of the definitions I want to get into as it applies today to what we're dealing with is artificial intelligence. And why I want to discuss artificial intelligence, I want to discuss that and before I even get into the definition, is because this is going to lead into one of the, the key aspects of why things are conspiracy the way they are to us, why we want to cling on to conspiracies, why do we like to cling on to, you know, things that we have no way of proving or backing with any substance, but nonetheless, simply because it meets my perspective at this point in time. So, the thing with artificial intelligence, especially as it applies to a technological advancement in society, which is where we're going, which gets into one of the conspiracies we talk about, is actually leading us into the concept of extra intelligence. So artificial intelligence is really, just to, to, to put a, a quick definition on it, is the concept of developing software or developing a ability for, I would say, a computer program to mimic or address concepts of calculations on its own without the need of someone to actually put into an input. But basically what you do is you give it a set of programs through the algorithms and it starts to come up with its own measures of identifying problems and solving problems on its own. That's artificial intelligence. Now, there was an advanced measure and breakthrough in artificial intelligence a few years ago in a program. The name of the program was called DeepMind. This program was put to the test against the world's greatest chess player at the time, and DeepMind defeated the chess player. And that served as a real significant breakthrough with artificial intelligence. Not only did it serve as a significant breakthrough with artificial intelligence, but it led the way in terms of how artificial intelligence will be used. Now, mind you, I mention all the time, we have to recognize that it is not so much what something is, but the application in which that thing is deployed that creates, that, uh, that harnesses to be a weapon. So the weaponization of artificial intelligence is one of the things that we have to be aware of. And so a lot of people, an application of artificial intelligence in terms of being weaponized would be um, facial recognition, 
which at this point, one of the things that we get into goes into the aspects of now they have broken through, and not only are we dealing with facial recognition, but we're dealing with whole body recognition. And that's something that's new on the horizon that's going to be coming through and being developed. That's handled through artificial intelligence. But artificial intelligence, unknown to most people, as you get into the ability for, um, in terms of some of the things and breakthroughs that happens with artificial intelligence, it's also made headway in the medical field. And as it has done such, there has been, there has been developments that have allowed the human mind, or not, not mind, let me rephrase that, the human brain to be interfaced with certain aspects of computers. And in doing so, now you've moved away from just artificial intelligence to what's referred to as extra intelligence. And a lot of people have never heard that term put together that way. But there is a concept out there in the tech industry, high-tech industry, that deals with what's referred to as extra intelligence. And what extra intelligence is, it is the coining of artificial intelligence with biointelligence. And it allows basically the biointelligence, or human, so to speak, to have the ability to tap into things that they don't necessarily have to comprehend, but have at their disposal and able to use that in conjunction with their own logical sense. And that's called extra intelligence. Now, what makes extra intelligence powerful is that when you talk about programs like DeepMind and you couple that, again, with the intelligence of an individual, it opens up an entire new field of science that we're tapping into. Now, why is this significant to COVID-19? It's significant because some of the conspiracies that are out there go into aspects of things that are real, but that are, but that are basically used as a way to get you to listen in and get you to buy into something that's completely fiction, uh, a fiction. So that's why we want to talk about that. And, again, to me, that would be a good thing to couple with being April's fool, you know. Another thing we want to talk about in terms of the definition is popular imagination. And this is what is promoted by the media as the right thing to believe. The whole concept of popular imagination comes into play when you allow the media to basically media. When I say media, I'm not just talking about newscasts, but I'm just talking about the film industry, uh, entertainment industry, anything that has to do with uh, promoting or projecting a way of life whether it be fictitious reality shows or whatever. Mind you, that's another play on words as well, a reality show, right? So the thing about that is when something is promoted as being the thing to be involved in or the thing to do or the thing that's happening, that is referred to as popular imagination. The weaponization aspect of popular imagination goes into the fact that people tend to forget the fact that something has been projected on them in the first place, and they tend to get lost in transition on that projection and think that it becomes, and it becomes a thought that they think they came up with. So when someone finds themselves liking this crazy song uh, that's constantly being, you know, promoted, promoted, and promoted, they tend to forget that the fact that the only reason they like the song is because they've heard it all the time. They keep hearing it over and over, so all of a sudden now they like it. 
they actually think that they liked it because they thought it sounded good versus it was something that was projected and promoted on it. So that's what popular imagination goes into. And that is a weapon, weaponized form of creating a mass movement or a mass population to gear in one direction. And it's used all throughout the different aspects of, of social media as well as television, film, uh, radio, broadcast, you name it. Another thing we want to talk about here is what's referred to as emotional conspiracy. And the concept between emotional conspiracy is a story completely devoid of facts, specific dates, full of fictional names, no scientific proof, are searchable examples but rest in the heart-touching beds of wishful pains. Why did I say wishful pain? When we're facing crisis like we're facing now with the COVID-19, people tend to wish things to go wrong for the simple fact that if I'm in pain or I'm going through something, damn it, a lot of times I want other people to go through it with me. So wishful pain is what you call that. And because misery loves company and stupidity loves company and sheltered in remote possibilities because you never really know. And that concept of you never really know is what grasps and causes people to get bogged down in emotional conspiracy. So these are basically things that a person tend to believe because they have a gut feeling or it just hits them at the right time right now. Because all other things that's going in their life, going on in their life, this one thing seems to make sense. And since this one thing is provided or, or, or pushed upon me right now at this very moment because of the other things I'm going through, I'm going I'm going to grab and, and take hold of it. And then I'm going to share it with the rest of the world because again, when we're in pain, a lot of times what we want to do is vent out. And with the advent of social media being the monster and giant it is, there is a lot of venting and, and thrashing out over through social media. And so people tend to carry these conspiracies from, from you know, person to person, from site to site, and it just builds and snowballs. And next thing you know, we're going back to one of the things we talked about on our last show, and that's engaging in the apparatus of fear to the point to where it just consumes you. And so that's the thing that we have to talk about. That's the thing we have to talk about. So let me jump into one of the biggest aspects of conspiracy that I've been hearing all over the airwaves. And this one is kind of special to me because um, without me getting too much into my career path, I deal with RF frequencies. I deal with radio broadcasts. I deal with cellular technology. I deal with antennas. I deal with communications. I mean, I'm, I'm, in, in, I, I'm involved in installing electronics that deal with communicating back and forth, telecommunications. So one of the big conspiracies that are out there is that 5G is actually the precursor or the reason why the coronavirus is out there. To give you an example on this. What, let me just kind of read one of the things that it's saying here. The Chinese were given 
mandatory vaccines last fall. The vaccines contain replicating digitized controllable RNA, which were activated by 60 gigahertz millimeter 5G waves that were tuned in on Wuhan with smart desks that everyone on the globe has been inhaling through chemtrails. That's why when they say someone is cured, the virus can be digitally reactivated at any time, and that person can literally drop dead. The cruise ship Diamond Princess was specifically equipped with 5G 60 gigahertz equipment to achieve remote assassination. Now, let me go back to another aspect here. Again, dealing with another definition, I want to call this one here, mind blindness. What is mind blindness? This means what it sounds like. The inability to mentally discern between reality and fiction, not just misinformation, but outright fiction. The reason why that's important, and that coupled coupled with popular imagination, is because that statement I went into in regards to the 5G, there's certain things about that that is actually reality. So when you want to deceive people, keep in mind, and we talked about this in one of our past shows, and I'm going to use it from the telecommunications aspect. In telecommunications, we have something called referred to as a carrier wave or a carrier frequency. The carrier frequency in telecommunications is the broadcasting frequency. Within the broadcasting frequency, whatever it is that you're trying to broadcast, for instance, just say I'm broadcasting, just like I'm on the telephone right now talking to the audience. The deal is, is my actual vocal cords are not being that's that, 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 that I'm sorry, let me just rephrase that. The vocal cords or the sounds that, uh, that I'm saying, the words that I'm saying is the data that's being contained within the carrier wave. And the thing about the carrier wave is, is basically that is the frequency that allows the signal to go from point A to point B. So generally speaking, the carrier wave is going to be a high-frequency signal because a high-frequency signal can travel further. As a result of that, no different than how to give you this example when it comes to music. Music, regardless of the lyrics that are tied to it, if you have a nice-sounding beat, it's going to make a person move. Now, that nice-sounding beat would be referred to as a carrier signal because regardless of what's said, that carrier signal has the ability to get that message from point A to point B. So that's what the carrier is. So if I come across with a nice beat, a lot of times you get to grooving and moving and don't even pay attention to what's being said. So that data stream or that intelligence that's being carried over that, that, that signal is irrelevant from the standpoint of going from point A to point B. So if I want to create a situation to where I'm lying to the human masses or I want the human masses to soak up this specific information like I'm weaponizing it, then I have to make sure my carrier frequency is on point. My carrier frequency has the ability to go undetected just as long as that data can get through there. And in terms of what we're talking about with the COVID-19, that carrier signal would simply be making sure that I start off telling you something that is 
found, founded in truth. The foundation in truth is the fact that there are there is a such thing called 5G, and 5G does operate on millimeter frequencies, 60 gigahertz being one of them, not the only one, but one of them. It's just in the, it's just in the high um, gigahertz range. The other thing is smart dust. Some people have done a research and know what smart dust is. Smart dust is it is an actual weapon, and it has been disclosed that smart dust has traveled through chemtrails. But mind you, the point being is you ta- you provide a little bit of, of factual information based upon leaked information when you talk about weaponizations and applications of weapons that are high tech that have not been been deployed at in a theater of war yet. They've not been deployed in theater of war, but they are out there. And you couple that with the mass hysteria surrounding something that is that is actually infecting people. So the COVID-19 virus itself is real. Now the deployment of how that virus got got came into existence and how it spread being lied to throughout the internet, throughout social media, throughout television throughout all types of, 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 you know, mediums and streams. And this is where you get these crazy conspiracies. And this is where this concept of 5G can seem like it makes sense. But let me tell you, people, the unfortunate truth is too often people in the tech industry find that most folks, when it comes to technology, just have no idea about how that technology actually works. See, it's a difference between saying, I know how to drive a car, and I know how a car works. Most people don't know how vehicles work. Most people don't know how most of the technology and the things they use actually work. They simply know how to operate that technology. And it's a big difference between operating a cell phone and actually knowing how a cell phone works. And we get caught up in misusing the words, the terminology, and the concepts and we start buying into this hype. We buy into it. 5G, people, is a fifth generation of backbone technology started from 1G to 2G to 3G, 4G, and 5G. Every single time this backbone technology was introduced to the public, you had a situation to where the public felt like this is something that's dangerous, which it is in a sense. Radio waves do cause radiation. So there is some truth to that. The point being is the advent of new technology, advent of anything new, always sparks the concept of fear of the unknown, as well as the possibilities or applications that can be deployed. No different than how it was when AI was first introduced to the population. They, the science fiction world went rampant and went wild with it. This is where you get terminators. You know, the movie, the, the whole, it spun a whole series of movies and all types of things that come off of that. So the concept of it uh, itself can spark things to go wild. Wow. The movie, the, the movie or series of Matrix is all based on the concept of intelligence as well. Uh, so the point I'm getting at is that when you have a little bit of truth and you mix, mix and match it with concepts that don't even make sense, uh, molecular biology as it applies to it, to a virus itself being able to be mutated through radiation is 
how you got these crazy ideas that people are bought into, like gamma rays being able to make somebody have superhuman strength, the incredible Hulk. People, this stuff cannot exist in reality. But yet, because we've been exposed to it through science fiction to a certain degree, it is easy to believe because these are the things that we've been bombarded with. And because most people are, don't have the background, the technical background to go into how radio frequencies work, what is, what is the electromagnetic spectrum and so forth, they can buy into these concepts real easy. And I can remember when cell towers first started going up, there was a big conspiracy about that. But mind you, people forgot exactly what they was afraid of. Next thing you know, they are buying what? Smartphones. Remember when smartphones first hit the market, the iPhone? It was a big conspiracy about that. Now, mind you, yes, the CIA, the government, and any good hacker can turn on your camera and your mic and listen to you and check out what you are doing. That in itself does not make this a weapon, but the application can be utilized as a weapon. But does that make it an actual conspiracy? Does that actually make it something that was deployed as a result of the government in order to wipe out the population? Because to think that 5G signals are used to assassinate people, for instance, going back to what we said about the Diamond Princess cruise ship, the whole point was that it was pushed that it was an assassination. People that are way better ways and way better weapons out there that can assassinate. Going back to the uh, smart dust that can actually assassinate you better than taking the country through what they're taking the country through now in order to deal, to deal with this economic fallout that's happening to the United States and happening across the world. So as a result of that, this whole 5G thing ran wild because people, again, are coupling concepts or things that they know that are not good, and because it feels like it should be wrong, then all I have to do is, is, is create and draft a story of a few things that are actual true science concepts and throw a little bit of science fiction behind it, and next thing you know, it sounds believable. Again, becomes the problem that we face. Another one of the things I want to talk about, but before I even go any further, I wanted to see if, if uh, Brother E or Brother Syke wanted to jump in on just this whole 5G thing. Now, I think you, uh, I think you made... Uh, the right points and clarified it. Yeah, the only thing I would say about uh, 5G is that, you know, all those years ago when it was first being laid out and suggested and the white papers and all of that were being um, opened up to the public and whatnot was the time for people to get upset because there are issues with 5G, no doubt. It has nothing to do with a virus, but there are health issues in regards to the, um, the radiation uh, uh, with the speeds and all of that um, associated with 5G, but the fact of the matter is 5G is here. Too late. Should have whined about it, worried about it, all of that, or tried to do something about it before it was a part of the backbone. It's a part of the backbone now. It's here. It's good. That's it. Um, but as far as it being a, a part of the, the, the COVID 
uh, reality. Yeah, and I, I think you, you addressed that uh, fairly well. Better than I would have. All right, one thing I do want to say about this also is just let me go into another thing, even dealing with the 5G. Again, the way that kind, the way the backbone industry when it comes to cellular communications or telecommunications is deployed is roughly every 10 years they have developed a new generation. So with that being said, 5G was projected in – the year 2000, actually around around 1996, 97 is when 5G was first being prototyped and put into play. And then yeah. the idea is that it would take 10 years for this product to be, this backbone to be fully developed and, and start being deployed, which is where we get the later end of 2019 and it's being laid out and, and pushed out across the United States and across the world in the year 2000. So with and that being about said... Exactly. That's where I was going. With that being said, the any time the current so the quote unquote backbone is being deployed, they are already in the prototype and in the advancement of the next generation. So the people that are Indeed. out there caught up in a conspiracy of five G are obviously those people that had no idea what five G was back in nineteen ninety six yet alone 2000 and 2010. They didn't even know what 5G was. They're just now finding out about 5G and just not riding that bandwagon of 5G once it is being deployed. Now let's apply this from a Panther perspective to the mentality of a slave or the mentality of anybody that's in a position of warfare that is about to be attacked. Once your enemy has already mounted their attack, then already surrounded your camp, then already aimed their weapons, and then already yelled fire. 2020, 5G is being deployed. Fire. And you just not finding out about it? Your chances of surviving that, that, that battle are super slim. Our chances of coming out of bondage, mental bondage, when we're just now finding out about a deployment of something that we deemed to be fearful, is slim. So what does that say about the things that have been occupying our mind, occupying our, our, our interest, for us to just now be yelling 5G is dangerous? Which moves me into the point of 6G. People, the 6G prototype is already out there. There is a, a 6G wireless summit that took place March the 26th, 2019, people, a year ago, there was a 6G summit, which wasn't the first of the 6G summits. But the point of this 6G summit is, is what the brainiacs, those people developing this backbone and those people developing the applications of this backbone all get together and they go over the different aspects of what type of technology would be able to be utilized as a result of having data speeds and uh, bandwidth applications that can uh, be that can be utilized on that particular type of technology. Same thing happened with 5G. The whole point of 5G exploding has to do with the Internet of Things, is what they, they, the innovators of 5G called it, the Internet of Things. The, whole, the point of the Internet of Things goes back to the um, 
different voice modules that people are using, talk to that get they that they they ask it a question and it gives them a question an answer back like Siri and Google Voice. I don't know. I don't I don't even know what all the different ones is, but there are several different ones on the market. So basically, um, you ask it something and then they give you a response. That is one of the innovations of 5G technology, and that's called the Internet of Things. The Internet of Things also goes into just being able to actually run phone applications or applications off the Internet that don't have to be actually downloaded onto your device, but actually because of the data speeds that are in use, you can actually run these applications off remote servers themselves. Cloud computing is one of the uh, things that came out of that in terms of a high-end area. Cloud computing was around on the tail end of 3G, came in real good use with 4G, but on 5G, cloud computing has the ability and the speed and the bandwidth to really do some things. And the whole point, people, with this innovation has to do with the fact that now you are able to warehouse and data mine a whole lot of information without actually having to actually download it onto your device and keep it stored locally. The conspiracy part of that or the weaponization part of that has to do with the fact that it is not downloaded on your phone or your device or your computer, so to speak. So in a instant, this information that you've been working on, these, these spreadsheets, data sheets, all, anything that you've kept up with, can, since it's com- is actually kept on a remote server on a cloud now, can be wiped away and can be accessed by someone else or something else, so to speak, going back to the deep mind applications of, of uh, artificial intelligence. So with that being stated, what happens is we rely more and more on a remote connection. We rely more and more on dealing with people, places, or things that are not within our reach. And by doing so, we become more and more out of touch with our next-door neighbor, more and more out of touch with our own real self and who we are. And these are the things that go into the COVID-19 conspiracy because what's happening now and what's driving people crazy is under quarantine, I'm forced to have to deal with my family. I'm forced to have to deal with my brother, sister, Grandma, whoever it is that you stuck in that quote unquote stuck in the house with, and so people are taken to social media to get out of the house because they can't physically get out of the house and go hang out. Now, going into six G, some of the applications of six G, real quick, just to throw people's, um, you know, aspect into hey, this is how far advanced things are. A lot of people are not familiar with the concept of smart cities. Smart cities goes into what one of the things that was introduced through 5G was uh, smart houses, where, you know, you could use your phone to turn your lights on, use your phone to turn your oven on, use your phone to, you know, do certain things around the house and not even be at the house. That's a smart, that's a smart home. But now smart cities have to do with a whole lot of autonomous and a whole lot of uh, – basically being able to remote control aspect of how the actual city is being ran, which goes into social engineering. So smart cities take social engineering to a whole new level. And that new level, people, is what is 
real interesting and real spectacular in terms of being able to draw in on, you know, future conspiracies. Another thing to deal with that is what's referred to as tactile Internet. Tactile Internet and tactile technology goes into when you have crystal, uh, liquid crystal displays and processes and computer um, processing that's running on um, a type of, um, I'm trying to think of a way to put it, a type of technology or a type of medium that makes it uh, appear transparent, so to speak. So give you a good example. This would be your, your transparent phone, so to speak, where you look. your phone is like a sheet of glass, and all of the, the microprocessors and all of the, the electronics within that phone is crystal clear. And then you press a button on this, what looks to be a, a clear piece of glass, and all of a sudden now you got a display. That type of technology is coming into with the 6G era. Autonomous driving is one of the things that's going to be big with 6G. It's going to be it's being promoted and pushed out there now prototype-wise through 5G. But once 6G hits is when things are going to really take off on that area. Another, in, another aspect is virtual reality is going to really shoot off and take off when you start dealing with 5G. Another area of market called e-health. E-health is basically where you'll be able to remotely talk to your doctor. They can do remote surgical operations without the doctor ever actually being in the same place. So you can actually have, they're talking about having doctors actually at home connected to a device that actually remotely allows them to make surgical precisions and operations and never actually have to go into the, the, the environment itself to perform those procedures. That's one of the things that's going to be coming out with that. Holographic telepresence is another thing that's going to be coming out, and that's when it gets real crazy, people, because now we're talking about projections that can come up, you know, through holographic projections that can come up to the point to where you no longer have to necessarily watch movies on a screen, but you watch it on a flat surface, and everything is, is populating as if it's a real environment. This is the kind of stuff that's going to be popping up with 6G. So for all you people that are tripping off of 5G technology without even understanding where 5G is going, just wait until 6G comes out. Wait 10 years from now, wait till the year 2030 when we start hitting up with 6G. Then you're going to really see something. You're going to really have something to freak out on. But Going back to the concept of telecommunications as it, is, as it is deployed, every 10 years there is a new backbone that is being developed so that you can operate at higher rates of speed, transmit more information, more data, and compute at a fast level. And with that, they build the front-end technology to be able to take advantage of that speed and of that data. And that's the whole point of telecommunications as it applies to that. And every 10 years, we've had a hop in that technology, in that field, again, starting with 1G and going up from there. So when a person has an issue with 5G, and mind you, one of the biggest differences between 5G, and let's even take this back down to the different various stages of telecommunication technology, or the way the radio antennas are mounted are and they're distributed, the cells, so to speak. The thing about 5G is that they're going to operate with a smaller cell signal or cell, uh, a cell footprint. 
So the cell footprint itself is going to be smaller, so that means they need more antennas. More antennas means emitting more radiation in terms of a footprint. Yes, that is true. Yes, the more you biologically submit radiation to living tissue, it does cause damage. That is true. The problem with that, people, is that simply because folks are against it, so to speak, but at a consumer level, people's money don't seem like they're against it because if you're being, if you're being one of the greatest consumers of technology, greatest consumers of electronics, regardless of what comes out of your mouth, what comes out of your hand is green. So if you keep spending your money on the technology that takes advantage of the backbone telecommunications, you can't turn right around and complain about it. Things are moving at the pace they're moving because not only within a few sec- a small sectors of the United States, but on a global scale, people are wanting to take advantage of the latest and greatest. And as people do that, if you buy into the latest and greatest, then the backbone technology is going to develop and, and so on and so forth. This goes right back to how uh, supermarkets are becoming um, or becoming what they call cashier, cashierless. And we're having a, a, a society to where more and more things are becoming automated. As we develop technological, as society, should I say, develops more technological, these kind of things are the natural progression of that industry, of, that partic- of the way things go. And to think you're going to do a reversal now, as a world power here in the United States, think that you're going to try to do a reversal on the technology because it is frying your brain, so to speak, is basically putting yourself at a position of allowing another world power to come in and knock you off. So what happens, people, as we become too big to fail as a result of constantly chasing the latest and greatest in technology and innovation because all countries are doing it. All countries that are world powers are doing it, should I say. And the point is, once that race has begun, you can't just up and quit the race and not be held accountable. That's the ugly reality of the situation that most people don't, don't recognize, is that if you call yourself standing against it now, going back to the, one of the programs that Reagan tried to put out back in the day dealing with the Star Wars program in terms of creating weaponized satellites, a lot of people came out against it. But what a lot of people don't realize is other world powers are doing the same thing. And everybody and their mama is using GPS technology now. Everybody and their mama is using satellites to communicate because radio communications broadcast and bounce from satellite to satellite as well. A lot of the, the fact that you're able to get on the Internet, you can thank satellites for a lot of those transmissions. So one of the, the things that people don't get is the fact that if you call yourself trying to all of a sudden stop the advent of the technology, everything that relies upon that technology is also in a detrimental position. And obviously any country that wants to come and take you over or take you out is going to use your lack of being able to continue running that race to their advantage and your disadvantage. So it's a giant cascading effect. 
And I'm not bringing all this up to to uh, promote or protect, so to speak, the advent of 5G and 6G and so forth. But I'm just trying to expose people to the realities of everything being all-encompassing, everything having uh, a, a, uh, a cause and effect of the way of life that we have. This is the reason why when you look at the status, the, the state our economy is in right now as a why it's so fragile, because of the interconnectedness that everything has with something else that's going on. And the sad thing about this, people, is most people don't realize that this same interconnectivity exists in nature. So humans have put themselves outside of the grasp of nature, not realizing that the entire ecosystem is always being conditioned and dealt with by something that humans do. So when we're not working in the best interest of the ecosystem, then we create positions that cause us to be in the position we're in now, which is what causes viruses to, to come into play in the first place. So the one thing that can hold true about this COVID-19 in terms of a virus is it is designed to help navigate and work within biological or, or living tissue in order to deal with the control of that organism running rampant and running wild. So Mother Nature does have its way. Now, of course, humans can come along and aid with that. And one another thing I want to get into in terms of another conspiracy is I've seen one that talked about the fact that an asteroid is going to hit the planet somewhere around April the 29th. Now, this has been something that's been known in the scientific community for a while, that there is an asteroid that is going to come close. Now, mind you, when they say close, when, it, when, when astrophysics talk about close, they could be talking about a few a few hundred or a million miles away from the, the planet Earth. Close does not mean that you may even physically be able to see it with the naked eye. But nonetheless, through the advent of April Fool's, and the foolish conspiracies that are out there, this asteroid now has moved from being a few million miles away from coming near the planet Earth to now hitting the planet Earth. And so as the conspiracy goes, is that COVID-19 was drafted and, and, and created to basically create a quarantine so that people, the masses of, of population, would be stuck indoors to protect themselves from an asteroid because people would not do the right thing if you just flat out told them that an asteroid was going to hit the planet. How silly does that sound, people? Folks are soaking this kind of stuff up because they ain't got nothing better to do with their free time. But get on the Internet and chase down conspiracies. And as a panther coming across, one of the things that we emphasized on our last show is that what we must do as a people is we must come to grips with the frail condition that our economy is in, the frail condition that the United States and that the world is in as a result of, you know, what what a, a virus can do, a little virus, so to speak, can do. And now more than any time ever should we be looking to figure out ways to now start working together, now start figuring out 
how we can deal with self-sufficiency as a people. This is what it's about, people. This is what it's about. This gives us an opportunity to step back from this foolishness, step back from the fear, and start thinking in terms of how can we come together and be able to move into a new progression as a people. Now, if COVID-19 didn't do anything, it should be a wake-up call to exactly how codependent we actually have became in our condition. And we're going to touch back on that later. The last thing I want to talk about, well, I ain't going to say necessarily say this is going to be the last conspiracy, but one of the main ones that is easily believable is that COVID-19 is a biological weapon designed to reduce population. Now, ironic as it is, right here on this on, on this podcast, I want to say maybe four weeks ago, we did before the whole COVID nineteen even even came into the the mass uh, mass media and social media play. We had a podcast discussion on population control. That was one, that was our topic, population control, and here we are now. Dealing with a conspiracy that population control is the reason why COVID-19 is in place. And a lot of people are soaking that up. Why are they soaking that up? Because, again, through the fear, through the concept of what a virus is and looking at what has happened in the past, it is one of those things that can be believable. And since something can be believable, going back to what we said about the carrier, the carrier frequency, all I have to do is give you a little bit of truth, and then I can implant within that data the lie. And that's the bottom line, is that it's, no matter how much truth surrounds the lie to cover it up, make it a Trojan horse, so to speak. Once that Trojan horse opens up at the core center to be a lie. And that's what we have to face. Brother E, Brother Psych, y'all want to jump in on that end? Yo, uh, <laughs> bro, I got to say, I uh, was a uh, network administration and security student for a few years, but I feel like I had learned more about 5G than any of the professors could have told me. Um, yeah, that, that that was quite a bit. Um, a lot of things I'd forgotten, didn't know all of that. Um, but I don't know what the angle is or not. But I'm open to I'm open to the idea of some things. And before I say what that is specifically, just a brief. I don't even say history, but a brief overview of some things that a lot of people don't, you know, will hear things from time to time and not connect their, the reality of what those things are. And um, so throughout the history of this country, population control, particularly populations that they're not real fond of, uh, population control and the experimentation on its citizens and non-citizens is just something that the U.S. government does. That's a fact, not a theory. Not a cons- it is cons- was conspiracy is a conspiracy, 
but it's not a theory. It's not, you know, some old, you know, black guy talking some crazy radical stuff. This is stuff that's in, these are things that are in the National Archives that the government has gone out and issued a public apology. Oh, I'm sorry, we shouldn't have done it. We're not that. It doesn't reveal who we are as a people nonsense. But just to remind folks or expose folks to things like the Tuskegee experiment, where it was two or 400 black men were either given uh, syphilis or had syphilis and were told that they were being treated while they were in this government-funded program, but in reality were, begin, were being given placebos so that the doctors could study the progress of syphilis on the human body. There's a book called Bad Blood that breaks this down. Again, this is something that the president, one of the presidents of this country, acknowledged and gave us one of those, you know, crappy apologies, oops, I bad type of thing. Um, the U.S. military has acknowledged and has been documented that they've tested and studied the effects of nuclear radiation on its own soldiers. Um, things like uh, the LSD experiments back, especially in, in the 60s, you know, uh, MKUltra, mind control, it's been documented, it's been acknowledged, it's real. Um, things like Planned Parenthood, uh, where population control, again, of a particular group of people, um, the, the founders of, 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 of Planned Parenthood were, um, what is the word, eugenicists? They were um, into studying and, and manipulating and controlling the population. Again, not a theory. That's a fact. That's a real thing. Um, the government, especially um, was the dude's name, Henry Kissinger, has talked about it. Uh, there are several documents where this company, this country has acknowledged that, yes, it is interested in population control, understandably from a broader perspective because we live on a finite system, and a system can only support so much of the population, but at the same time, you know, it's a particular group of people that are working to control a particular part of the population. Um, and, and let's just be honest about it. This country was founded on population, on, uh, uh, um, on biological warfare and, and population control. Um, slavery, you know, it was beyond an economic uh, uh, experiment. It was very much, you know, the, the whole, um, what is the cat's name, uh, stood by the river. Psych, I know you remember this, uh, the, the dude's name. I, for some reason, I'm not pulling up his name. Um, you pit the lighter skin against the darker skin. You pit the male against oh, the Willie Lynch. Willie Lynch. Willie Lynch. Willie Lynch. Willie Lynch. You know, these ideas and concepts were not just poof brought into being. You know, just, they experimented and worked and see what didn't work and did work in order to control and maintain a certain population. So, again, none of this is new. None of this is theory. All of this is reality. It's what it is. You can't argue, you know, fact. You can argue emotion but you can't argue the facts, and these are the facts. So one of the things that you mentioned was, um, what do you call it, the, 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 the uh, AI, the um, extra smart, extra Artificial intelligence, intelligence or the biotech. The extra intelligence. Yeah, yeah extra intelligence, uh, the biotech. Um, the reality, again, reality, there are um, robots made out of molecules. These are robots that can be manipulated by outside sources that can go into a, potentially go into a person's body and do 
you know, XYZ, whatever it is that they right. programmed it to do. Nanobots. The nanobots. This is yeah. reality. This is what it is. And if we look at that, just a cursory glance, just a little, you know, 10 minutes of reading a paper about it from them, not somebody that would be classified as a, not from the Panther Party or some, some Malcolm-type cats or the nation, some crazy cats that wear, you know, foil, tin hats and all of that. The government, MIT, you know, these organizations that are respected within the, the mainstream have documented, shown it, says it's real, it's what we do. This is what they've been working on. So, again, this is not some theory. And understanding that as a reality, I can't in good conscience say, no, this is not biological warfare. I, I can't say that because it has that ring of truth. It has a possibility because this fits what it is they have done in the past, as we've noted with the Tuskegee experiment and the testing of nuclear radiation on troops and all of that. This is what they do. This is they now have the ability to do it. This is something that they've documented and noted that they want to, to do for quite some time. So this whole COVID acts in my mind as a trigger for certain things that have developed, are developing, and will develop. You know, the, the, the crash and, and, and uh, the Wall Street crash and, and whatever year it was in the 30s um, was a trigger for certain, for certain laws, rules, and regulations and ways of life to be implemented. Things like this always serve as a trigger, as a next step in what it is, again, this government has said they want to do. So I have to look at it from that perspective. And when I look and I scan these different articles, because y'all know me, I'm constantly, constantly, especially now, because Florida, you know, war, you inside can welcome me into the fold. We're officially under a certain uh, lockdown or, you know, shelter in place or whatever it is, and unless it's essential, whatever that means. But um, that being the case now, I have nothing to do but dig into well, I have things to do. But one of the things that I be putting even more time into is going in and, and finding this information and exploring. And, and as I come across these, these things that are beginning to develop, you know, um, one of the things, again, going back to the technology, AI, and our comfort level, because let's face it, the mass of the people ain't going to give up their theory, ain't going to give up their Google, ain't going to, we're embracing it, embracing it, and which is, again, uh, it's a tactic of war. It's a tactic of, of manipulation of the masses. Um, the best way to enslave or oppress the people is to get them to ask for it. So as we ask for these comforts, these things that essentially make us lazier because, you know, you know, theory, what is the capital of North Dakota? No, sit down. At the very least, Google it. <laughs> or maybe even, God forbid, read a book. You know, all of these technologies make us lazier and lazier, and the more lazy we are, the more dependent we are on somebody else, which gives them the power and authority and control over our lives. There is a, there's an app in, it's being um, fine-tuned, developed in England. The, the, was it the, the NHSX, which is like the, you know, uh, England has nationalized health care, so... Um, 
they have a research and development part, which is called the NHSX. Um, they're actually developing an app that's going to, supposed to be released either just before lockdown ends or just after that actually tracks people who are infected with the virus. So you put this app on your phone, you walk into Winn-Dixie or Walmart or you know, Popeye Chicken to get your damn sandwich or whatever, and it lets you know that chick over there, she got the COVID. That dude over there got the COVID. At the same time, they're monitoring and watching and plotting your movement. So this is just another step. Again, a trigger. It gives them a perfect inroad because we're all going to ask for it, say, oh, yes, I would love to know who has it and who doesn't and all this other nonsense, you know, this fear, when the reality of it is 200 years ago, people didn't have all this. 100 years ago, people didn't have all of this and weren't nearly as scared as they are today. Um, so it will be another another moment for them to find entryway into our lives. Um, you know, I see the military getting very involved um, in, in enforcing lockdowns as people resist or refuse and don't want to do it. And this is a part of the past that, again, knowing what it is they want to do, just come from that perspective just as a mental exercise. If you really wanted to control people, if, if this was your, your, your purpose, your idea, what it is you wanted to do, are these the type of things that you would do? You know, the Department of Justice is attempting to give courts the ability to close down their courts um, during, during the times of a national emergency. What that means is if you have to go to court and you end up having to, if you get arrested and you're sitting in jail waiting for your court date and this court is closed, that means you're just sitting in jail until they decide to open it again. You're essentially being detained without, without trial, without, you know, habeas court, without all of these, without due process, without uh, um, all these things that's supposedly guaranteed by that piece of toilet paper, um, uh, the Constitution, um, and, and, and basically it takes what they've already been doing because there are already black sites, especially in, in Chicago, I know for certain, where folks are arrested and they disappear. Um, without any, any, you know, explanation. But this brings it above and into the public acceptance. So we start accepting it. Oh, well, he just got to wait for court. He, he got to sit in there for a minute and just wait because, you know, the court's closed, so there ain't really nothing he can do about it. That's the, that, that's the reasoning that we'll come to, to let them off the hook, rather than, you know, getting, up, getting as upset about that as when Siri can't find whatever it is we're looking for. You know, with Popeyes ain't got that chicken sandwich, we get lit, but because our cousin is sitting in there on some, some tickets or a weed possession or some nonsense, and he's just got to wait for six, seven, eight, a year or two to go to court, we just kind of, you know, make excuses and whatnot. Again, we're accepting our own demise. We're accepting our own in, in, in enslavement. Um, the, uh, the the Pentagon is, is deploying um, – the National Guard, which they've done, again, things like, uh, what's the brother's name, uh, Brown, uh, the brother there, I think it was in St. Louis, they got, got murdered by the pigs. You know, they rolled out the National Guard. That was a trigger. They rolled out the National Guard, took notes, see what would happen, what would go down, and pulled it back. And now they're about to roll out National Guards again. In Wuhan, where all of this supposedly started, 
you know, they were the first to go into lockdown. They recently released, released people from being uh, shut into their cities. And, and China, keep in mind, is much more of a closed society. They're much more used to an authoritarian uh, government. You know, they don't have all of these guaranteed rights and, and blah, 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 um, supposed guaranteed rights. Um, so they were more accepting but of being locked down and told to stay in their house and minding the government. But even in that situation, they were having to weld people into their house. They would actually take welders out to people's homes. You're infected, okay, you keep trying to come out, we're going to weld you in and weld you in the house. Now they've relaxed that and allowed people out, and people are starting to riot. And people are losing their minds. They're still not allowed to leave the city, but they're allowed to come out to the street, and people are losing their minds. Uh, rioting and whatnot, people want to call it losing. Maybe they're gaining their mind. Who knows? Um, Florida has been instituting um, checkpoints at its borders so that if you had Louisiana plates, you were not allowed in. Um, uh, in, in New York, um, it's either New York or Jersey, they were um, actually going door-to-door looking for um, folks that uh, were um, infected. Uh, there was one area where the people <laughs> actually blocked off a neighborhood because somebody in there was infected. So they blocked off the streets leading into that area. Um, so we're starting to see um, preachers being arrested for having church service, um, police shutting down children's birthday parties because there were more than 10 people. So if we pay attention to what's happening outside of the fear of this COVID and what's happening. And again, yes, people are dying. I'm not taking away from that. I'm not taking away from anybody's pain or what they're going through. It's real. It's happening. It may be something natural. Maybe some, you know, somebody was having sex with a bat and got it and spread it or whatever, like they're trying <laughs> to say about AIDS and all of that. It may be something that's biological and intentionally created and released. We will never know. So going back and forth and arguing over that is really pointless. It's fruitless and has no uh, uh, real ad- advantage right now. It's like fussing at me because I don't know how to swim while I'm drowning. We're drowning, and instead of uh, uh, instead of getting caught up on the, the who's and the why's of what, what it is, we've got to look at where it's going, where we're at right now, and where we're going uh, into the future. Um, so, yeah, I, I can't say that, again, the, the conspiracy aspect, the conspiracy theory with the negative connotations and all of that is, is something I don't, you know, really want to promote. I'm not trying to promote it, but at the same time, I have to be aware of the fact that some of these aspects, some of these ideas of conspiracy, you know, if nothing else, somebody needs to take from it. Yeah, this government does do stuff like this, and maybe, you know, when I see a, a Humvee, coming down the street, uh, I, need, I need to pay attention. You know, as they've got police officers, I think it's 1,000 police officers in, in New York that are infected. You know, um, I heard this one investor talking about the, the, the economic aspect of it. At the beginning of the year, oil prices, West Texas crude oil was like 60 bucks. Uh, a couple of days ago, it was below $20. That's a problem. Yeah, gas goes down, but this economy is so bent on that it's so uh, integrated, you know, if you've ever heard the term the petrol dollar, it, it, that 
with the bottom seeming to come out of the oil industry, um, that's going to be a problem economically. And if a problem exists enough, like China and Wuhan, where people are rioting and people will riot when they can't get gas, when, you know, whatever um, things develop, um, the government will respond. Remember the Michael Brown. Remember remember the, the, the National Guard. They do employ the military on its own citizens in this country to reach their objectives. Fact. It's, again, not a theory. That's what they do. Um, there was a bill. The Bank of America up in New York ran out of, like, $100 bills because the big-time investors, you know, cats that's got, you know, two or three hundred thousand dollars in the bank were going and withdrawing so much of their money. There was um, this cat named uh, Bill Ackman. He's like a billion dollar billionaire uh, investment guy, you know, hedge fund manager and all of that. He had several or a couple of interviews where he has noted that hell is coming, that he understand again, these are cats that didn't, their business is predicting what's about to happen economically in this country. Um, and he recommended, which they typically don't do, that people pull money out of ATM because they already set a limit for your daily withdrawal. It would be nothing for them to cut your, your ability to withdraw money out altogether. So these are all things that, as I'm looking at it, these are the so-called conspiracy theories that we need to be concerned about. Did COVID is COVID uh, exacerbated or caused by 5G? I doubt it, but I don't care. 5G is out there. It's got antennas up the street, down the street, most everywhere I go. Ain't nothing I can do about it. But if I'm watching and understanding what's developing before my eyes in terms of the economy, in terms of society, in terms of uh, the military, in terms of uh, the technology involved, then I can prepare myself to move forward as these things develop because they're developing whether you like it or not. You know, you, you can't get away from that. As food starts to become more scarce, you know, there are several different pork workers and, 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 and chicken workers, packers and whatnot that have tested positive and ones that are walking off the job. Um, food is becoming more scarce because truckers are starting to refuse to go into particular areas like New York right now, um, which they're eyeballing. Florida to be the next epicenter. So, you know, if there's a theory, if there's a conspiracy theory, maybe that's the plan. They're coming to Florida next. I don't know. But if it starts to happen, you know, this is, I'm going to do this to prepare. But truckers were refusing to go into these areas. And there's one conspiracy theory that I kind of took a little bit personal. And that's the idea that there's so, there's a, and I think the government is, is, is put a lot of emphasis on this. Um, because somebody who prepares, who grows their own food, collects rainwater, things of that nature, someone who is resisting government control to that degree is a natural enemy of the state. So I can see them pushing that, and that's why I say I can, I can you know, it may have been the government um, that is pushing this, but the idea that there are bare shelves in the grocery store, there's less stuff on, on the shelves, is because of hoarders. It's because of, you know, people trying to, 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 to get food and get water for whatever it is they're panicking and seeing coming forward. But the reality of it is, let's face it, most of us on the phone, most of us who are listening to this later on, online, most of us who aren't listening, people, period, 
do not keep preserves of food at home. Most of us will eat out two, three, four times a week. But now you have a situation where it's much more difficult or is much more it's much less convenient to to get your, your, your food at a restaurant. So if enough of these people are not able to eat at a restaurant, they have no choice but to go to a grocery store and try to get food there. So you have all these people now converging on your Walmarts and your Publix and all these grocery stores and buying food, not necessarily hoarding it, buying some food because they really don't have anything at home, which leads to less stuff on the shelves. And that trickles on down the, um, the, the, supply, the, the supply chain or upper supply chain. You know, those warehouses are not able. You've got five or six stores now that are used to getting, you know, a certain amount of food from these warehouses. Uh, and now they need double that because everybody's, you know, all their, their shelves are getting empty, so the warehouses double up. But now the warehouses start becoming empty, so they've got to go up the supply chain to the ones who actually grow and, and make the food and all of that and start trying to get double the supply from them, and they don't have it. You know, corn don't grow no faster because you want it to. You know, pig don't get no, no fatter just because you want it to, no fatter, no quicker. So it's just trickling up the supply chain, and these are going to lead to these situations where it's going to give the government an excuse, a trigger. We're going to say, hey, we need police, the military, whoever to come in because people are out here doing stuff. Is going to give them an excuse. Again, understanding they have acknowledged that they are uh, interested in developing systems of people control, population control, mind control, fact. Not theory, fact. So we can either deal with that as a fact or we can continue to make excuses for and hide our eyes from what's there. Don't believe anything I've said or war said. Don't believe it. Look it up. Look up the Tuskegee experiment and see how they experimented on your family. Remember uh, Henrietta Lacks and how they let her suffer and develop different uh, cancer treatments and whatnot based off of her, her genome. You know, these are facts. Look up Planned Parenthood and what it was they initially set out to do. And just because they've changed the face and made it look like you and me and, you know, said some nice things and had a COVID response that you should do, you know, all this nonsense, look at what it is they've said they set out to do and and build from there. That for me is what makes all of these things the the the, the, the um conspiracy theories about the, the whole five G and the you know drinking bleach and all this nonsense is you have people that take their cues from social media and social media is nonsense. It it, it it's crazy to me we go on and I've noticed, noticed this in some particular places online, but we go on expecting, because it's the Internet, that there's going to be a certain level of civility and intelligence, but there's not. It's much the opposite. It allows people to be even more brutish, be worse in character, be more just stupid online. And we get inundated with that, and we take all of those things as reality, as fact, as as the truth, as opposed to actually thinking about what's being said and looking at something, again, call the book, and doing some level of research. I mean, let's face it, 
the more and more we get locked down, shut up in the house, read a book or study something online that's intelligent. You ain't got nothing else to do, you know. Many, many more of us ain't got no job to go to. You ain't got, you know, you can't go out and kick it with your people. So learn something that's going to be beneficial to your actual growth as opposed to something that you just like and makes you feel good and all of that nonsense. Um, Sykes, did you have something that you want to, uh, to piece in? No, I think uh, I, I kind of think you and more kind of uh, touched on every subject. I did want to ask one question because you did touch on this. Now, we talked before on a, on a, on a previous podcast about worst-case scenarios and, you know, the whole Armageddon end of life as we know it ideal and concept. We talked about that, and since this is a, a show dealing with conspiracy theories, I'd like to go into that just a little bit, at least ask some questions and put this on the table. Now, you said that people were talking about taking their money out not having access to withdraw their funds, things like that. How important is that really in the end of the world if we're dealing with an end of the world type of scenario? How how important is having all your money out of the bank? How important would that be? Well, that's an open question for you, for uh, Brother E, Brother War, uh, anybody that want to answer that question. I even got an opinion on that. But well, from where I'm y'all, we do have a we, we do have a caller. I don't know if y'all want to let him in now to jump in or to go ahead and answer this first. Well, I mean, we can go ahead and open up the mic and then uh, they can just jump in whenever they want. Um, yeah, they can even speak on that. Yeah. Um, last, then, last, though, let me say. Huh? Well, let, let I was me just say the say, last four. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. E. Oh, my bad. Yeah, nine four four seven. Um. So let me just say because I think at least amongst the three of us, um, I'm the more the most prepper type, and and and, and don't let me offend you there or anything, War. But I'm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know you got me on some things, but that's all right. I'm gonna get my rabbit here soon. Watch. But it's not it's not this idea, yeah, there's a lot of uh, folks out there that talk about, oh, the end of the world, the end of the world. Yeah, if the world ends, ain't no pressing for that. It's just done. But that's, 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 in my mind, silly. But the end of the world as we know it, absolutely. It's not going to be we wake up tomorrow and we're in this alien atmosphere. There are going to be breakdowns of systems across the board. You know, they shut down the, the trading floor at, at, up in Wall Street, so everything's being done online. Um, and as people who maintain the systems for, for the online activity contracted and aren't able to perform or whatever, that will begin to break down too. So these systems are going to break down. At some point, you will not be able to access your money That does not through the bank. That does not mean that you won't still need money. It just means you'll be broke and pissed off. So having, you know, a $20 bill six months from now might be the best thing that you, you know, whoa, that's, you, you, you rich because everybody else still got their money in Wells Fargo trying to figure out how to, how to make their ATM, their debit card work. Why won't my card work? It's gone. It's, it's but cash has got some change in their pocket. Hard cash like we used to do, you know, will still be able to, to maintain some level of existence. Beyond that, yes, at some point money because, the, 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 the currency, it's not even money, it's currency that we have, 
is just paper. It's not backed by gold. It has no real value. It's just paper. And the government prints more of it and more of it and more of it, and it's just more paper. So at some point, yes, that becomes, you know, useless as well. Um, if you go to your next-door neighbor and you got 20 bucks, they're like, yeah, don't nobody really, you know, I'd have to travel six miles uh, or, you know, 30, 40 miles to find some place that's actually taking cash like that. But you've got, you know, two pounds of salt. You know, salt is integral to, to so many things around the house, from cooking to wound care to all types of things. If you've got, you know, uh, 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 sugar, you've got coffee because people are going to lose their minds when they can't get their coffee fix in the morning. So if you've got some coffee, you have a barter opportunity. Even better than that, you've got some gold because gold, silver, uh, diamonds, these are things that are actually money. People just want gold. People just want diamonds, not to necessarily buy a car with, but because it looks good or, you know, bling, bling or whatever. So it can be used in a barter situation. But taking that money out of the, um, the, the banks gives you access to what is yours, you know, rather than like Ward was talking about how things exist in the cloud. When you put money in your bank, that money exists in the cloud. If they decide one day, okay, site, you ain't got no money, what's site going to do? Not a damn thing. Because Psych ain't got no money to hire an attorney, so Psych just asked out, you know. <laughs> so having money, cash money in your pocket, to me, has always been and is always the best bet. Is to Because you can always go put some money on, on, a, on a, a debit card, you know, go up to Walmart, get you a prepaid. You want to buy something on eBay or Amazon or whatever. But when the systems go down or the government decides or the banks decide, okay, your, your withdrawal limit, Per day now it's twenty dollars. That's all you can take out. Then you 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 up the creep. So you know that that's what I would put out there as far as, as that goes. Well, that I can I can understand that that kind of makes sense in that in that situation, in the situation where uh, the economy completely crumbles and there is no government, then it has no value because as you just said. The money is not bagged by anything other than the fact that the American government says that it's good. The right. American government we says we, it's, it's good and we stand behind it. If there's yeah. no government, then the money is nothing more than paper. When I but read uh, when I read a book, I read a book called uh, The Accounting Story by Pablo Escobar's brother. He was the accountant for the uh, for the uh, 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 for the cartel for Pablo Escobar's cartel, and he said when they was on the run. From the American government, they had backpacks with millions of dollars in it. Yes, and he said, he said when they was out in the jungle. Hold on, hold on. When he said they was out in the jungle on the run, he said those millions of dollars did not do anything for them as far as keeping them warm or keeping the mosquitoes off them. He said yep. there were times they wish they could have traded those million dollar backpacks for a can of mosquito repellent. You know yep. what I'm saying? And he said right yep. then he realized that that how invaluable the things that they were hustling for really was. Because all the money that they had, and keep in mind that back then at this time, uh, according to the Forbes list, Pablo Escobar was named number 11 riches in the world. According to his brother, he said that they actually could have accounted for all the drug money, he probably yeah. would have been number two or three. Yeah. And they couldn't keep the mosquitoes from biting. You know, right, it's just, that, just an idea, just something to think about. But that's an eventuality. I mean, that we're not going to yeah. go from where we are today to living in the jungle tomorrow. The system has been... Believe it or not, most people don't realize this, but the system has been collapsing for several years now. It's getting, the, the debt is, is like the, the U.S. debt is like 325% of the GDP, which basically the GDP is what you is your output 
is what you make. Your debt is debt. It's debt. So the debt that the U.S. has is 325% of the total output. That's like you have $100, and then you go out and you charge up $325. So the, the, this government, this system has been collapsing for quite some time, but it's in slow motion, and people are not uh, hip to the fact and don't realize that it's been collapsing for quite some time. So we're in the end stages. If you ever look up, it's like you would probably really like this cat named Chris Hedges, this white dude. But he breaks down. Um, he has a he had a farewell tour to America, and he uh, uh, documents and and talks about how the U.S. Uh, uh, empire is absolutely actually imploding. And um, you can compare it to the fall of Rome and where it was. And one of the things that was interesting, really interesting to me, is that in Rome, in the later stages, one of the things that it did was to it attempted or did make celebrities out of its chefs. So it actually promoted, you know, all of these chefs, just like we have all these chef shows and cooking shows and whatnot, and made celebrities out of these people who were, you know, just people cooking shit. So, um, yeah, looking at what he's talking about and what others are, are noting, uh, um, Professor Wolf, uh, a Marxist uh, economist, uh, also are talking uh, talk in depth about how the U.S. government, the, the, this government is so far underwater. Two trillion dollars, that's like the entire, for an entire year for the government, to, to the, the, the money that it spends an entire year, the budget. And they spent it just on this one thing, supposedly just on this one thing. It beats us up because that's our money, you know, whatever money we pay in the taxes, and then above that they just create more money, give it to these companies, and turn around and sell us goods. So we pay to keep them in business so that we can pay to get stuff from them. So And this can't last forever. So if we really look at the history and the, the facts and figures, this economy has been in the, the, the death throes for, for several years. So it's not that we're going to end up in the jungles tomorrow, but we're going to be walking the path toward the jungle, and along the way we're going to want to get some water or something to eat. And ATMs might not be your best friend at, at that point in time. Debit cards might not do you any good along the path, you know. All right, that makes some sense. I can understand that. Hey, is the caller uh, yeah, we, in the 9447 on? Yeah, I'm here. The mic is open. Right on. What's Peace it? to you, brothers, man. How y'all doing? I'm, uh, <laughs> what I'm up, just Man, chilling on it. I'm I'm sitting there listening to the information. I'm taking some of it in. Uh, as far as conspiracy theories, I just feel like human nature is so they they look for something to cling on to for hope. You know what I mean? And and if they don't understand something, they'll cling on to anything to to feel like they have an understanding of something. Uh. I just feel like regardless of what it is, 5G, a bat, uh, people hoarding water or whatever, the true fact is that there are times that come to us in, in, in our lives where we have to be self-sufficient uh, regardless of, of what the facts are. And I'm listening to you talk about the codependency that we have with technology, computers, whatnot. And all of that is true. And blacks, more than anybody, have always been codependent since we came, since we, since the 
the, the inception of slavery. They've made us a codependent people. So we find ourselves in these situations where things go wrong and we're not prepared for it. Uh, some people went out hoarding, and that was all they had the money to do was buy the groceries to last for maybe the next, the same grocery shopping they was going to do regardless, right? And here, on the other hand, you got white folks. They the went and stockpiled up on, they already had guns and bullets. They went and bought more guns and bullets. They went and bought more of the, of the food that they already had in their bunker for the last, since probably 2099 when they when they first thought the lights was going to go out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just find it, I just find it odd that, you know, black folks, no matter what the situation is or the current event, it's like there's never enough to wake up to for us to be self-sufficient. Like there's never enough to prepare for the next one, the next, the, it might be a natural disaster. It might be a hurricane or something. You see what, they, what happened in Katrina when they couldn't get to them brothers and sisters for two weeks. You know what I mean? But we never prepare. We always, we, we thinking everybody else got our back or we got somebody to cry out to or cry for help. The government going to come. The police going to come. Somebody. But what do we do when there's nobody at all? You know? So, I, I mean, this is my biggest thing about it is what will it take for us to wake up to be self-sufficient, to find some type of unity to be able to work together, to put the, the pettiness to the side and, and stop the bickering amongst each other. I mean, that's that's my biggest takeaway from this girl because I've had a lot of people call me this week asking what should they do, what is it to do, what's supposed to happen, and like one of you all said, if you didn't know about this back in 96, starting the day, trying to prep and, and, and prepare for it today, it's a, like a day late and a dollar short. I mean, you, you just really might well put your ass in the swing. I, I, I hate to say it like that, but you might well just, like they say on them house lights, just put your head between your legs and kiss your ass goodbye. You know, you're not prepared for war. You're not prepared to stand on your own. You probably got, what, one clip and half of it full of bullets. You know, what 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 is there to do with a lot of that? And then most of you all, don't, most of us don't go to the gun range. We, uh, we don't go hunting, so we don't know what a bullet does to a body. And the first time you have to do that, will you be able to do it again? And again, and again, and again, if it ever got to that point. I just feel like there's a lot of factors that's going to leave us in the wind, and a lot of us, with with a lot of us being unprepared, it helps us as a whole not to be prepared. And, and, at, that, and at that point, they can just about do whatever they want to do with us. They can throw us in FEMA camps. They can throw us in cages. They can put us back in chains. And I don't see that as a far-fetched reality. You know what I mean? Right now, since they uh, brought in national a national emergency, we've been begging for our civil liberties to be taken away. And some of these will be normal after all this is said and gone. So I just, my thing is the unpreparedness. We we have to start today. If we, if we so-called make it through this and we're not one of the projected 100,000 that die from this, 
I just feel like we need to start pulling our shit together a lot more uh, and be prepared for the next situation, whatever it may be, whether it's a virus, natural disaster, whether it's a terrorist attack, whatever it may be. That's 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 my opinion on it. I want to say one thing. To me, this kind of goes back, and I, forgive me, Brother E, if I'm probably saying the wrong person, but I believe it was Harriet Tubman that said I could have freed a lot more people if they had they known they were slaves. Um, and my thought on that goes I'm into so what you're saying. You got that right. Oh, good. <laughs> so the thing is, is, is getting our people to recognize the condition of being domesticated a dysfunction. And it's not just knowing that you're domesticated, but recognizing that to be a dysfunction. And a dysfunction is something that you want to address to make up and clean up your your generational um, lineage so that you don't pass it to the next generation. And that, to me, is one of the biggest keys to this, is that people, we have to identify dysfunction as being something that we don't want to give to our children and pass on to our children. And once, once you label something a dysfunction, then you are more out to do so. But as long as I don't see it to be a negative, then I'm going to cling to it, and I'm going to, I'm going to naturally pass it on. And that's a habitual pattern that I talk about multiple times on different shows and podcasts that we do. When you're caught up in that habitual pattern of doing something simply because this is the way it was taught to you, or this is the way it was displayed to you, but not ever bringing to the table critical thinking to decipher for yourself whether or not this attribute is something that I should be valuing, something that places and puts me in a position of being self-sufficient, puts me in a position of being logical, puts me in a position of being sane. And see, that's the deal. So now while we're stuck in this quarantine, so to speak, and you got four walls to look at. How about you go take some mirrors? Put a mirror on each one of them walls. That way you can stare at the front, back side of all of you and don't see nothing but yourself. And as you sit there, staring at yourself from the front, behind, right, and left, think about what is it about you that defines you, not what is it about you that someone else told you or somebody else complimented you on, but what about you do you like? And what about you, about yourself can you change and make better? We need to go inside, internalize, and start self-reflecting on our condition and what does it take for us to come through this on the other side and actually be able to have a benefit to humanity, do something that's actually going to benefit my, my future generation. And see, if we're not thinking on that level, it's falling right back into the trap to me of what social engineering is is used as from a weaponization standpoint because it's about guiding the masses of the population to do whatever it is that benefits the collective, so to speak, for the sake of whatever advancement is that the 5% or the 1%, so to speak, not 5%, but the 1% are in control of and need to for the economy or the locomotion, because you got to understand the essence of what economy is. The locomotion is deemed to happen because the masters of us have jobs, have careers that are bottom line 
benefiting the 1%. Whether you like what you do or not, it's irrelevant. You may be making a decent money if you got a decent career like I had. But the point being, the money that I make, no matter what I'm bringing into my house, I'm making somebody else way richer than I think I am, way richer. And if what I do is not, if what little bit I make, if I'm not being able to pass that on in terms of a resource so that our collective people can benefit and break out of this bondage, then I'm, I'm just part of the problem too. And see, we have to see that for what it is. While we're busy not even recognizing resource, they are busy with a source. See, we, re, we regurgitating their source. And so, therefore, we caught up in a resource, and half of us don't even know what resources mean. But yet they opportuning themselves as the source, whereas we coming back behind them and, and calling it a resource. See, we keep being one step behind. Our mentality needs to change. And I think that's the, you got the most effective. Yeah, yeah. The, I think that's the most effective aspect of, you know, mental enslavement is that people don't recognize. It's like depression. People don't recognize it because of it. It masks and hides itself as something we want. And so we never really for the most part, the masses never really address what it is that's really going on within ourselves because we can't see it because of it. And you know what I mean? I don't say it makes any sense, but we, yeah, we're not able to identify the issues because the issues are telling us that they're not issues and we believe them. And then the whole, you know, going in and psych had a, had a, a massive advantage, you know, to, to you know, look at it in, in this way on being, um, on lock for so long or for any period of time that, and I say advantage over the masses because he had the the distractions and whatnot for the most part taken away so that there was a a force for the right mind, introspection um, and growth and development along those lines and the ability to look into those mirrors and gauge and really assess who they are as opposed to you know, we identify our things with our shoes, with our jobs, with our jewelry, with all, our, with all of these things um, that are given to us and we're told to value and find um, some type of, of self-realization uh, uh, through. You know, we try to actualize ourselves outside of ourselves. But being in a situation where the mass of, that, of those situations were not there, and maybe this will help. I don't know, being on lockdown and whatnot, again, for the right mind, because there are going to be those that just refuse to do it. But for the right mind, um, being forced, you know, being sat down and having to go into themselves and, 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 and pull those things out and look at, you know, one of the things I love when folks, when I, on the rarity, because, you know, I don't, I don't do it much anymore because I'm just me. Um, but when I used to have conversations with people, um, along these lines, and black folks would inevitably say, well, what are we supposed to do? What can we do? Da, da, da. My first question got to the point where my first question is, I don't know, what have you done? And almost inevitably, they will say, well, nothing, or next to nothing, or whatever. And I, and it, it, I got to the point where, okay, that's great. 
that means we have a whole lot of stuff we can start doing. You know, and, and when black folks address it, you know, we, we say what black folks need to do and black folks need to do this and black folks need to do that, and we throw it back on on us and say, okay, let's do it. Okay, what you going to do? Oh, well, no, they, they, we detach ourselves from that as if we're black folk, but not really, you know, as opposed to saying, yeah, black folks are ignorant, black folks are, are blind to the, to the reality, black folks this, this, and this, but not me. No, you included in that. And if you can't see that, you're, like, you're one of the worst ones. You know, um, Zach Condo had a list, and I'm not going to run down the list because it, it may hurt some people's feelings, but a list of the types of, of, of folks and the mindsets and how we, in order to move the people forward, how those personality types have to be addressed. You know, uh, there are those that work against us. Those, there are those who just don't have a clue. There are those that, you know, have a clue but don't do nothing, and there are those that, that have a clue and are doing something about it. And each one of those types have to be addressed and dealt with on particular levels. Um, but, um, yeah, it, it's always been funny to me that the thing keeps you from seeing the thing. It's, it's, it's like a Stephen King novel. It's like a, you know, a horror flick. It's a really good movie. You know, maybe Get Out was, was on it. I don't know. Uh, but I would like to hear from, I, I don't know if there's a sister out there, but, you know, listening, um, but I would like to hear from, from a sister's perspective. But um, who uh, I don't know if that was the, the caller that was about to, to chime in, but whoever, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, you're all right. Let me, I just want to ask you, listeners, what they, regardless of who they are, what they are in life, right, how do you feel about this situation? How do you feel about yourself in this situation? How do you feel about yourself, about your possibilities if this situation turns worse? And the reason why I ask those questions are is because if you don't like it, then that right there was a self-reflection of itself without even having to look in the mirror. And you have to take evaluation of those emotions and those thoughts and come to a, a logical conclusion to be able to never feel them thoughts again. If if you feel secure, take things to make yourself feel even more secure. If you feel insecure about this situation, what is it that you're insecure about? And what is that? How can you fix it? Or who can you turn to to help yourself fix this? That's 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 the uh, other thing that I had to add. I, I, I was that just a general question? Or are you asking me? Now that was a, that was a general no. question. Period. Oh, for, okay. For, for and the and audience, and if it ain't if it ain't general enough, it's for you. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Well, I mean, because cause, yeah, I'll jump on that. You ask me how I feel about the situation. I go all day about that. And then it's like, no, this is, this is, I mean, I'm having a wet dream right about now. And they keep trying to wake me up from it. And I, no, leave me alone. This, this, is, this, is, I'm, this has been my life for the past at least 10 years now. So, and, so yeah. And, that's, so that's, what makes it a wet dream for you, bro? Well, what, is this dark? Yes, sir. What makes it a wet dream for you, bro? <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> he, come on now, you know. <laughs> you already know. This is. This, I mean, this, you this, said this, you wanted to explain it. I, I, I like to hear it. 
Well, I, just from, you know, it, okay. So imagine a woman in a in an abusive situation, which is crazy to me that I see so many sisters who love Obama and Obama this, so, you know, he was, he was a lick, but Obama was just as big a liar as Trump. You know, they don't like Trump because they can see through his lies, but Obama was slick and smooth. You know, he was a pimp, you know, really, really giving it to everybody. But right on. the sister will at some point get away from that relationship and begin to hate that man and, and resent him and whatnot, but we still cling to this government. So as a member of those who have suffered from this government and a member of the even smaller group who could, has been able to see through the lies and the bullshit for so many years, when I start to see it all come back on them, as Malcolm said, the chickens coming home to roost, anytime I see that start to happen, I love it. I have no issue. I mean, again, I'm not addressing those who are suffering and those who are hurting. Heart goes out to them. But what what Pac say? We've been dying for years. I mean, this is something that's regular for us in our communities. You know, we know people that died from, I mean, matter of fact, we've been dying from poor health care for a long since we got to this mug. No National Guard, no relief package, no none of that. So this extra added, you know, layer of, of death is just like, yeah, okay. But what makes it a wet dream for me is watching those, you know, the the celebrities and 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 the the prime minister supposedly has it, Prince of 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 England, and and Prince Charles supposedly has it, and all of these folks getting that. But even more than that, because that's just that's minor. But even more than that, watching this system that has degraded and destroyed so many black lives and, and lives in general for, you know, 400 years now, uh, begin to uh, reap what it has sold. And, again, I say this is a slow process. I'm not going to be sad about that process happening. I've accepted that people are going to die, period. That's just the way it is, you know. So so uh, 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 to see it coming back, to see it starting to crumble, to see it starting to, to or outwardly fall apart, um, because as I said, it's been falling apart, but to be able to see it where I can look at the person next to me at the grocery store or whatever and be like, yeah, it's falling apart, you know, um, and and cite, you know, evidence that shit ain't happening right. You know, you doctors and your military, they got a, uh, 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 there's still like 6,000 people out, out on these cruise ships, you know, that they're, they've been told you're going to be out to sea and definitely deal with it. You know, there's an aircraft carrier out to sea that has several uh, uh, of its crewmen that, that have tested positive, and they're not being allowed to dock. So as I see these, these, these things start to come to fruition, it's like, yeah, 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 I'm not, I'm not opposed. I'm not sad. I'm, I'm good with it. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, <laughs> that's for me. And, 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 and I feel I'm not, I can't say I'm prepared because that's an end state. You know, it's like saying I'm perfect when in reality the, the perfection comes through practice. So the preparation comes through practice, and I continue to take steps down that path. And when I leave the house and I spend money right about now, um, it's, to, it's, it's almost 100% on something preparing or making me more prepared for, you know, being even more self-sufficient. You know, I've, uh, I've got a rabbit hutch now. I'm getting rabbits. I'm, you know, moving down that path. So I feel like I'm good. You know, y'all worried about it. You ain't got no food. You ain't got no water. I'm good. <laughs> I'm not concerned. <laughs> um, you know, uh, there's a call. Um, war. I'm, I'm gonna click this person on. Zero eight seven three. 
0873, you're, you're, you're on the show. Welcome, welcome. Hey, how you guys doing? What up, sir? How are you? Okay. Um, again, y'all talk about what, what's going to be done or, as a person, what can be done. Um, on my end, like I said, I know what I bring to the table, and it's, like I said, I'm, it's different for me because, first, I'm a mother. So I I think like a mother. I'm a teacher, so I think like a teacher. So in all this, of course, to me, yeah, right now, it might not seem like it's important, but like right now, all the kids are out of school. Parents going crazy because they don't know what to do with those kids. I know what to do with those kids. They have one at home. I have 15 in the classroom. I know what to do with them. So to me, right now, it's not important, but it's going to come a time where it's going to be important again making sure that you bringing them up right and doing the things that they need to do. I mean, right now we might think that, okay, right now like everybody got their own, everybody holding their own, every household has to hold their own. Even if you went out here and you worked every day, you got to, you, everybody has to hold their own. The parents that was at the job, stay home, they have to deal with the kids and everything else. So for the moment, it's okay. But it's, I mean, it, it's, it's turning real quick to where the parents like, we can't do this. It's going to get stress, even more stressful because they're not used to that. So in a big way, my teaching aspect of it, that's going to come back into play. And it might not be right off the back, but I know for a fact that it'll be back. Um, the nurturing part of it, even though you go out here and this thing's going to get hard, you're still going to need that. Some people think that being nurtured don't care, but I done dealt with teenage boys that done sat in my face and told me how they see my relationship with my sons, and they like, oh, he a mother's boy, but my mama don't hug me, or my mama don't tell me she loved me. And it's, they, they act different. They, they're different than a child that has the respect and things like that. And even though, even if or when, everything go down, you're still going to need these younger kids to grow up and have some kind of respect and have some kind of knowledge about themselves because if they don't, we are really going to be screwed. So to me, I think that everybody do have a part to play. Everybody character is not going to be that hardcore, okay, I got this. I think that it's just something where everybody really has to work together as a community. If you want to say black community, the black community, like I said, where I stay at is not just all black kids. I wish that I could deal with more blacks, but it's everybody. It's a kid is a kid right now. So I don't know. It's just I think that everybody has a spot that they have to play. I mean, like they say, sometimes you got the hunters, you got the preparers, you got the cookers, you got different people that play different parts. And in order to make it happen, everybody got to come together. Right. Let me jump in on this, and then also we're down down to the last, like, eight minutes of the show. Um, The thing about what you recognize, sister, is you, you know where your value is placed. You know where you contribute to society. The problem is going back to that frustration that we were talking about a lot, that you were saying a lot of people are going to have and that we identify with, which was what allowed, causes people to cling to the conspiracy and these different conspiracies in the first place. 
is the fact that they don't know themselves. They don't know what they contribute to society. A lot of people have taken on career paths or trades or doing things to just put food on the table, but that is not necessarily a passion that they can actually see is benefiting humanity or society. As a teacher, especially a school teacher with children, you will definitely benefit in society. So you don't fall into that category. But the mass majority of a lot of career paths are based upon how much money I can make. And a school teacher is definitely not one of those. School teachers you do don't not make get no paid money. what they're worth. <laughs> right. You don't get paid what you work. You love what you do because you are contributing to society. That is not the mass career. You know what I mean? That is not what most people are dealing with. Most people are caught up in a position where they chose something simply because of economics or they chose something simply because it was easy. That does not translate into something that they are proud of from the standpoint of giving back to society, giving back or making them a better person, something that causes them to go in and want, like Brother E was saying, want to read and learn about something just for the sake of learning, not because you're learning because you want to find a way to make more money. But are you actually trying to digest information so that you can uncrystallize yourself and figure out what you can do to make this world a better place? You see what I mean? A lot of people are are now faced with certain levels of frustration because they can't identify with what the hell they are. So being boxed up in a room, being boxed up in a building forces them to have to deal with the reverberation of nothingness coming out of their mouth, coming out of their mind. And that is a frightening thing. And they can't identify with the fact that the reason why they are frustrated is because they don't know, they don't know where their place is in life. They don't know where their place is in anything. They don't know where to place value. And so, therefore, they place external blame on everything else. That is that codependency that we talked about multiple times on different podcasts. What we're hoping to add to this particular show and, and that people take from it is to go inside of yourself, figure out what it is about you that needs to be enhanced so that you can work with a collective. And see, that's another thing we learned as Panthers. And I want to draw significance on Brother Darkside, who, who um, just kind of just, you know, came into the show, but didn't necessarily announce who he was, but the dark side was is a long time uh, Black Panther. Was down with with the uh, new Black Panther Party back in 1998 as a, as a field marshal that went down to Jasper, Texas, when we were dealing with James Byrd Jr. getting uh, drugs. So he's definitely an OG in the movement. So I want to give recognition of that. Now, one thing that we deal with is the fact that the majority of people don't necessarily know how to balance going to work every day with coming home and benefiting the family structure and doing something in the community. So they're not operating off what we refer to as a mechanism system within a party structure. And what that is is where everything that you do is complementing something else of value in your life and the life of your community, life of your family, and, 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 you know, and, and people in mankind in general, humankind in general. And so when you don't have that type of thought and that type of structure from a critical thinking standpoint, you don't know. You don't know that you don't know, like Brother E was saying. 
And if you don't know that you don't know, then you're stuck. And so we're hoping that people can take from this show, if nothing else, think about who you are. Figure out what it is about you that is lacking from that standpoint so that we can come, we can come out of this, crystal, this, this uh, crystallization. Because going back to one of the things he said and we talk about coming together and, and, and working together as a people, that doesn't do any good just to have the will to come together as a people. Because we got, black folks got plenty of organizations, but we have hardly oh, any organizing. So the thing is, it's not good enough to just say, hey, I want to I start working with my community. I want to start building as a people. You have to have some, some type of value to the table. Otherwise, what you bring is your dysfunctional luggage to the table. And if you suffer from a big, gigantic ball of dysfunctionality, then you bring that to the group. So we have to take this time now to work on self. So let's find something good out of the COVID-19 is what I'm getting at. It's not all doom and gloom. It could be something good. This could actually be a methodology to help black folks. Yeah. So let's look at it from that standpoint. This, this could be this could be something fantastic and great. Have we thought about it like that? So as we're looking at all these conspiracies, I want to throw that conspiracy out there, that COVID-19 was meant to get black people to think for them goddamn selves. Let's ride on that conspiracy and see how far we can make that one go. I turn the show over to y'all. Last three <laughs> minutes, see? Right? Yeah, I, I like that. I, I, I wouldn't call it a, a – of course, and I know you, you didn't mean it necessarily that way, but I don't see nobody trying to trying to make that, that, that a reality. But I, I definitely think that that's something that we could build off of and make into a, a positive uh, out of the situation is exactly that. Um, you know, having it instead of being a trigger for the oppressor, for those who are in control, quote unquote control, to do what they're going to do, have it be a trigger. You know, when we speak to people, use that as a jump off point to to build on, to develop, and to move us beyond what it is um, we have at the current time. I mean, I, I think that that's a very that's a beautiful idea. Um, we got like. 30 seconds, like you want to jump in for a hot second or? Well, no, I think, uh, I think all you brothers pretty much touched on everything that needed to be touched on. Uh, the major thing that I would say is I would reiterate what brother was spoke on earlier and in the last podcast that people should utilize this time to building themselves. I mean, I've, I've said it before and I explained uh, uh, that I did time. And I think one of the most beneficial ways to do time when you don't have those, when when you're stuck in a situation with, with uh, sensory deprivation, is to go inside the cell and start building on yourself and learning and understanding the best things that you can do to to, uh, to elevate your own self. That's why people should look at these situations and say, oh, I can go to the club. It's, how can I evolve myself? How can I send, my, send a better person out to the world, out to the community when this is all over? So... That's pretty much all I have to say on the, on the situation. Don't get caught up in fake news, fake media, 
and uh, fake conspiracies. And if you truly want to understand what's going on, do some research and educate yourself. All right. So that that brings us pretty much to the end of the show. Um, appreciate everybody who spoke, who listened. Um, hopefully, folks will um, take some notes. Take maybe we're getting giving somebody something to to build on and to move forward. And um, until the next show. I'm trying to free your mind, Neil. Something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.